0: Hi friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer.
1: And I'm Brian Luna. I think luchador masks were way better than name tags. And you're listening to Talk Talk Psych to to Me.
0: me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street.
1: Let's get into it. Okay. All right.
0: As you know, with the Russian invasion in Ukraine, it's hard to think about anything else. Yeah. I'm from Ukraine, hearing a lot of stories, you know, updates from my family, from the news. We're trying to do what we can to help. But because my coping mechanism is attempting to understand humans and and our minds, I thought we could kind of cut out a little sliver of understanding today by talking about the psychology of power.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: We won't talk about power at the government level, we'll talk about it at the individual level, Mm -hmm. but ultimately governments are made of people, so maybe that'll help us understand power in that sense, but more immediately power in our everyday lives. Sure. You feel like... Talking power with me today? Hell yeah. All right. So you're a pretty powerful guy, Brian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Given your personal experience and expertise with power, could you give us a definition of power?
1: Power, I think, is perception of control over the environment and the people around you.
0: Perception of control sometimes reality of control
1: i mean yeah it, it does affect the reality but i mean it's all about how you perceive it and how others perceive you right yeah. so like if you are the bull goose as they say do they say know, that maybe <laughs> <laughs> if you are like the big dog right then people are if you act like the big dog people are treat you like the big yeah. dog okay so people you're are bringing up kind of the,
0: the nuance of you used a lot of animals in there yeah kowtow bull
1: goose goose big dogs
0: so so power has to do with how we perceive ourselves sorry that's it (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah, anything anything just goat, scorpion okay Okay.
0: so yeah so power has to do with real control it has to do with our perception of how much control we have and our perception i guess of how much control others have over us Mm -hmm. so let's let's go to the researchers for this. Okay. Leading power psychologist Adam Galinsky defines power as asymmetric control over valued resources. Okay. So from that perspective, if you need nothing, no one can have power over you.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what they say, like the person who has zero Fs to give, you know, like... You can't fire them. You can't They're the like scariest uh, people. yeah yeah because they don't they don't care. I okay. mean, there's always one like that in your group too. Growing up, that was the one guy that doesn't care if you, you're going to get arrested, doesn't care if you're going to get in trouble. I feel like maybe I was that shit. one guy. I don't know. You might have been, but we had we had like four of them, and uh, so it made our group pretty volatile because you know you never knew what these people were. The chaos factor, like and were they, there they like were like
0: five people in your group. No,
1: no, no, no. It was quite it was quite a large group at yeah. one point.
0: Okay. Gotcha. It's always the ratio that matters. So that's one definition of power. More mm-hmm. recently, researcher Datcher Keltner has added some more nuance to the definition of power. He describes power as one's capacity to alter another person's condition or state of mind mm-hmm. by providing or withholding resources. So this can be like food, money, knowledge, affection, safety, safety. Exactly. Yeah. Or administering punishments. And that could be yeah. physical harm, yeah. job termination, I like that one better astericism. than that first guy. Yeah, that okay. asymmetrical
1: Galinsky. Galinsky. Galinsky's like giving us the method that's on the Snapple bottle. And this guy's giving <laughs> yeah, it to us Yeah, I don't think like, you could
0: fit that on a Snapple well, bottle. Well, I mean,
1: you know, part of it. Maybe two Snapple bottles or something. But like this guy's giving it to us like, hey, resources and physical abuse. I like actually separately
0: really like the idea of using Snapple bottles for... <laughs> Helping people understand psychology. <laughs> it might just need to be a little pithier. It helped
1: me learn the migration of certain birds or something. I don't remember exactly. But those so it are didn't something. help you, did it? No. Yeah. No.
0: Okay. So, all right. So you like the Keltner definition. Yes. I do too. I think it's really interesting because it also opens up our recognition of the fact that power can happen... At the global political level, mm-hmm. or it could even happen at the, the
1: neighborhood level, neighborhood level, yeah. at
0: the individual level, at the house
1: level inside the, at house, the house level. You know? So
0: let's talk examples. Obviously, currently we're seeing Russia attempt to have power over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You're seeing other countries, NATO countries, trying to attempt to have power over Russia yeah. by taking, you know. Yeah. resources away Isn't it funny
1: that when you first said the topic we're going to be talking about right now, power, the first word like we're doing word association, yeah. first word that comes into my mouth, Goose. my mouth. My mouth? Yeah, that's right. Cow. For in my no, dog, abuse.
0: Abuse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll absolutely yeah. talk about abuse of power, right? So so let's talk about day-to-day examples whether it's examples with companies. Yeah, supervisors. Spouses, uh, supervisors goats.
1: have power. Uh, certain uh, like you have power over me in the mornings because you withhold resources, such yeah. as breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, like I don't. I, oh my know, gosh! I and
0: I feel like you withhold power over <gasps> me in the morning. In what way? I have no resources. You withhold whether you're going to give me positive feedback on the breakfast? What do you you see me? I'm like like I look like one of those anxious waiters at a fancy <laughs> restaurant where I like remove the big metal. Yo, well, meanwhile, it's the well, same wait. thing
1: every day. I'm a creature. I haven't. I very there's three different types of breakfast that I that I want, and there it's all egg related. It's either an egg sandwich. Um, egg with hot dog or egg with sausage, and that's it. There's okay. no variation. We you know what
0: you do because you've stopped eating eggs, and we eat just. No, I egg. mean, I
1: mean, just eggs. Sorry, well, just the,
0: egg. the resource you withhold is is again. Your <laughs> this approval. is fascinating.
1: I, th- and this is this is a great thing of power because some people don't realize that, that yeah, they, uh, this, okay, uh, this is okay. This is because you so.
0: have a big booming voice. You have power over for you to finish the <laughs> sentence. So I'm trying to create a visual here. What do you call that metal thing that waiters in fancy restaurants have? You know, I'm it, afraid
1: to. I'm afraid to answer. Am I interrupting? Or are you? No, you're, you're not.
0: You're answering a question.
1: It's called unless you'd a, like
0: to withhold an answer. It's called
1: a karate. Seriously? Yeah, and you pull the karat off. Are you too. messing with? me? Yeah, it? you put them on a platter, the yeah. silver thing. Yeah, it's called a karat. Oh,
0: silver platter. I'm just yeah. going to say that. No,
1: but it's called a karat.
0: Okay, karat.
1: I'm just kidding. It's not called. Ah, I, I just made that up. That was I so
0: unbelievable. <laughs> I
1: have power over you because I'm withholding resources.
0: You're withholding. I'm withholding English. knowledge. Yeah. So 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 I stand there and I'm like, sir, we shall be serving today the just egg with the beyond whatever sausage. sausage and then i just stand there and do you see how nervous i look just waiting for you to be like no! and then you'll give me like a little nod of approval
1: <laughs> y'all this is all in tiny's head this is all in tiny's head because what happens is she do you want a bowl on the floor or do you want a plate at the table and i'm like i'd like to not eat with the dogs if you can <laughs> so you give me a plate and then the only thing you ask me tortillas or do you want um a bread, and I was like, I guess I'll just do you know. And do I whatever. say
0: like that? I
1: say tortillas. Tortillas. So,
0: uh, but, can you tell me about clearly this is. But wait, experience. do you
1: really feel like you have power? I have power over you absolutely. Bread? But it's the same. You, it's the same breakfast every day. What do you think? One day I'm going to wake up after 40 days of eating it straight. I'm going to be like, hmm, send it back. It's not. <laughs> it's not up to. Well, this is
0: why you're going gonna be back back to be like my mom and definition. eat
1: everything and then want to send everything back. I told you she do that at Denny's. What does she she do? tries to have power. So my mom. um First of all, when my mom was in her fifties, she was getting the sixty-five-year-old special, so oh, she damn. was like always on the hustle. And meanwhile, it's four dollars or two fifty, right? <laughs> so, like that's the that's the swindle. Hey, that's, my mom's a hustler, baby. No, totally, I get it, but it, it's an unnecessary hustle. That's what I'm saying. Okay, it's an unnecessary hustle. So my mom used to get that thing, eat everything except like the crust of the toast, and then try to send it back. She'd be like, no, 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 no. I I so didn't like it. So who do you
0: think had power in that relationship? Mom!
1: Because she always got that $4 back. So or what was the resource
0: she was withholding or the punishment she was wielding?
1: They didn't want to deal with mom. Okay. So yeah, she was So, so like punishment. she was the punishment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's power.
1: Yeah. My mom always had power Okay. Like that. Can
0: you tell me about a time that you felt that you had power?
1: I think it was... Uh, there have been a couple of times when I've had jobs in the past that... <laughs> I don't want to sound... Whatever, but like,
0: Powerful. I did a lot,
1: and there was always we we had bosses there that were pretty toxic, right? The these two individuals, I'm not going to even say their names, jerk asses, but um, that wasn't their names. I'm just that's a nickname I'm giving, <laughs> yeah. them, jerk and asses. That would be unfortunate for them. Yeah, yeah like, what option do they have? I, I, it might sound Swedish, like jerk asses or something. Anyway, uh, the point is, is that, that is so cold they <laughs> they were they were um, they were really really d bags, right? And then. They would threaten to fire people. Wow. Right? Like on the spot. Do you want to keep your job? Like in front of people. In front of... And I felt powerful because they couldn't do that to me because of the value I brought to this oh, so you knew you department. were untouchable. At that point, I was... I knew my value.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just going to move this over here because it's getting in my way a little It's a little bit. It's in your way? Yeah. Can I just put it over here so that... What are you doing? Recreating an experiment on you. <laughs> You're so stupid. I just snuck in without your consent. So, I hope that's okay. A little bit of a recreation of an experiment.
1: So, as I was talking, she told me to tell this story where I felt powerful. And so, that was part of the experiment?
0: Yeah. And then Weasel, what did I
1: do? Weaseling ass. So, then you started. she started stacking things in front of me. like And usually, I can't move when we record because she's always like, You know, you're, you're moving your hands. We got to take. You're moving your hands. Stop moving. Stop. And, I, and I can't <laughs> help it. So, she starts moving all this stuff while I'm talking. <laughs> Uh, and, well, and I, I was like, was "You're making noise!" Okay yeah, you were like, "It's it, it's it's in my way." Is it okay? And she's put it like all in front of me, and I was like, "The hell
0: is going on?" And then what did you do?
1: I moved it. I moved. It. So, wait, <laughs> what was the experiment? What did Okay, I, did so I... I
0: recreated a little tiny version of an uh-huh. experiment originally conducted by Adam Galinsky and team. Do you want to guess what the experiment was? Annoyance. <laughs> so, so Galinsky and team did this thing where they primed participants <laughs> to either feel.
1: Oh, High power or low okay. power yeah, yeah, yeah. by
0: talking about a time they felt powerful yeah, yeah, yeah. or by talking about a time they felt powerless. I had you talk about a time that you felt powerful, your chest was getting all puffed up and yeah. stuff, right? I so was. you were feeling mm-hmm. powerful. So what they did was they had people talk about a time they felt powerful or powerless <laughs> and then what they did was they put them in a chilly room with a little fan blowing right in their face.
1: Oh, that would have been great for me because I get heated when I get when I talk about power.
0: Yeah, that's true. You did like- a little, I was all flush, man. I was, man. I was like,
1: oh, Yo, you to take off this sweatshirt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, it was a really unpleasant. They called it an annoying fan. T- Annoyance! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, they wanted to annoy the person, but there were no... They, they didn't explain why the fan was there. <laughs> and they didn't say, oh, feel free to turn it off if you want. So, what they wanted to know is, did the people who were primed to feel powerful, were they more likely to turn off the fan? D- they did. Exactly. They
1: must have, because I just moved all that... Oh, cleared not only all did you shit.
0: move it, you gave me the, like, the most judgy face, and you used both hands, and you spread the items across the table... <laughs> So so basically what they found is that low power people were more likely to just sit there and take it. High power people were more likely to turn the fan off.
1: But it didn't, it, it was just the story they felt in that moment. So they didn't like bring in people that were like...
0: No, here they, well, they use lots of different approaches to this. But in this particular experiment that they ran, they just let people kind of get infused with that sure. feeling of yeah, yeah. power for a right. moment.
1: So they weren't like going for meek people and like... no. Yeah and then Can I, go
0: well and it's just not it's not just even a personality thing we'll talk about this also but it's also structural like do yeah. you live in a society where you are empowered or in a society where you are <laughs> Power is taken away from you. I
1: think it is cultural or or like at least environmental because like in Manhattan, you are all... There's always these tiny shifts of tiny power. Tiny power struggles. Right? On the train, you know... Oh, and New
0: Yorkers the, are... Especially we, in the subway. It's yeah. a very like egalitarian society within the subway system. If anyone tries to take power by... Blocking the doors, taking too many seats, mm-hmm. putting their items on the seats—you will have immediate. Yeah, people, of power people, happening. people
1: definitely like, like let you know. Yeah, you know they, what I mean. They, like
0: they, 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 there's power. But
1: even on the street, constantly. not just on the train, I'm sure. talking like anywhere—elevators, yeah. uh, escalators. Yeah, you don't move out of the way for someone. Like no, that. yeah. No.
0: Okay, can I? Recreate? Oh, airplanes,
1: probably. I would say. Okay, go ahead. But
0: before before we talk yeah. about those, can I just recreate another experiment, a little yes. version of an experiment okay. done by Galinsky and a different team? Okay. So now I'm going to play for you uh, one of the most popular songs this week. Oh, well, maybe you know it. It's called "Stay." It's by a person called the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Two. Those are two people. Yeah, so. those are two people. Too. Okay. Um. So I'll play you a snippet. <laughs> music is not my forte Tanya's
1: in the know (laughs)
0: Um, I'm going to play you a snippet all I want you to do is tell me if you like it ready Yeah. we don't actually have permission to play this so I'm hoping nothing bad happens (laughs)
1: I told you that I never would. I told you i changed Even when I knew I
0: never could. know that I can't. Find nobody else as good as you. I need you to stay. Okay. Yeah. You're uh, dancing to it? Yeah. Okay. Worthy of the top ten list this week of all songs in the U.S.?
1: I've only heard the one, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, sure. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So this particular little bit of an experiment network, I forget consistently just how much... My big Texan husband loves pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is what I tried to do. Just call me maybe.
1: Yeah, I, I'm all all that shit.
0: So, Galinsky team, uh, they didn't ask people to review songs, but what they did do is they wanted to know if the feeling of being powerful would make people more or less likely to conform to popular beliefs or to or to what other people thought.
1: Oh, so most powerful people were like, "Nah, this is garbage."
0: They didn't play songs in their experiment, but they asked people to share their opinion after being told what the popular opinion was. And what they found is that the people who were hyped up on that feeling of power, they were much more likely. (laughs) It's not that they necessarily were like naysayers. They were just more willing to express dissenting points of view. I love that. So powerful feeling people are less impacted by peer pressure and groupthink.
1: So can I tell you, initially when the song started... Yeah. My first instinct was to be like, nah. You know, just like immediately? No, just immediately before I even started, like I was like in my head, I was like, I'm not gonna like whatever. And then I heard that, and I was like, I can't.
0: And then those sweet. And, and,
1: then, and then my hips were swaying. I was like, Ah, oh, shoot. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I I but can't. I didn't like Justin Bieber. Was it there?
0: Another? I don't. One? That, he,
1: I, that wasn't Justin Bieber. That was just singing right there. I don't know. That was the other guy. That
0: was the kid. Leroy. The Lori, Leroy Leroy. 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 <laughs> Leroy. Sorry, I'm so sorry, kid. <laughs> sorry, um, kid. But anyway, because probably he's listening.
1: And I don't. I don't. Honestly, I'm not just saying this. I don't know that I've ever. Heard a Justin Bieber song, to be honest. I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna front, I'm not gonna front, because you know, I'll tell you right now, I love Taylor Swift. So I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I don't know Justin Bieber. Is Taylor Swift, like, girl Justin Bieber? Taylor Swift is like the poppiest pop of all the pops. Okay. I don't think you can get more pop than. Can you? Like, Taylor Swift? I know that's not
0: my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking about pop psychology. Anyway. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> anyway. That brings me to my next question, which is, you know, we've already touched on a couple of ways that power impacts us. On the whole, what does power do to us? When people feel powerful, what are some of the impacts? I think
1: a strong one is more likely to take risks. I think that's the big thing. And that covers everything. because, like, With risk, meaning like social or standing out or, you know, going against the grain. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw a lot of that in the last, you know, I keep going back to our previous election Local opinions, or national, no national, and all these opinions that I was like, holy shit, I haven't heard that since the eighties. Mm. You know, like like people being so outwardly. Oh.
0: And I wonder if people perceive someone as more powerful if they come across as kind of a, a kind of classic. Like if they're saying something that's unpopular, I wonder if the way people perceive it as like that person must be powerful.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, so you talked about willingness to speak your mind, risk-taking. Uh, I'll share just a few others. So Dacher Keltner, who I mentioned before, he's one of the leading power researchers today. He writes in his book, The Power Paradox. We'll talk more about why it's called that in a little while. Uh,
1: that's also just a Bieber song, Power Paradox.
0: Para, power Paradox, Power Paradox.
1: Paradox. Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. Power Paradox, Power Paradox. So uh, he writes that people who experience more power tend to be healthier, tend to be happier. Hmm. On the flip side, Hmm. powerlessness is a predictor of stress, anxiety, physical inflammation, shortened lifespan. Uh, Power can make us more likely to take action to achieve our goals or remove obstacles, like what we saw in the annoying fan experiment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Makes us more likely to express our genuine opinions, as you mentioned. Um, And in fact, researchers Hirsch, Galinsky and Zhang found that power seems to be a disinhibitor So it's almost like it makes people feel more comfortable, more safe being themselves. Like if you really want to see who someone is, give them some power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one theory around it. And this is great if you have power, but it also means it triggers this vicious cycle of powerlessness for people who don't have power. You're sober and single? Tune in to the Sober Dating Podcast with Kathy Vandenberg. We're constantly evolving and learning new things. This is why at the Sober Dating Podcast, we not only talk about expanding your love life, we share space with the many subjects that surround love and recovery. Through exploring our traumas, we build ourselves into better human beings, ultimately becoming better partners to those we choose to connect with in love. Join us as we explore the richness of sober love, beauty many experience in solitary life, and and how recovery brings it all together. The Sober Dating Podcast, new episodes weekly. Join us for conversations that will set you and your love life in a new direction.
1: I, I think a perfect example is us. Like uh, when we okay. have birthday month. We have birthday month. Okay. But and you're a terrible. Birthday
0: month has been suspended
1: for you. Uh, but
0: tell but okay share what birthday month was. So
1: birthday month is exactly that. If say your birthday is in April. Just
0: hypothetically.
1: Hypothetical <laughs> which <laughs> mine is coming up next month. So starting April 1st until the 30th. Yeah. Anything you say goes. You get to choose dinner. They, no one can argue with you. Yeah. You're you're in the right.
0: You have total power.
1: Total power over the relationship over all the choices. Um, what, what you do for your birthday everything yeah. what kind of presents you want
0: yes. presents and then in theory October is supposed to be someone else's yes. birthday month yes and then hypothetically AKA say mine. the
1: other person is in October yeah and okay. then they, it's their turn and right? total
0: power during those months
1: yes total power during those months now we suspended Tanya's because
0: <laughs> she we? was we a malevolent
1: leader she so so when it's my birthday month I'm like I know Tanya wants to do stuff like, you know like dumb stuff like hiking and, and like stuff that that can hurt us deep sea diving and all that stupid stuff stuff that can kill us and so on my birthday month I'm like hey let's go take the dogs to a trail uh-huh. and she's like what is it my birthday month wow <laughs> so grateful I'm like of course you know kiss the rings you know all right let's do it i you know I'm here for you you're you're my you know you're my people and I want to take care of my people uh-huh. Tanya's month Oh, my God. What have it's, I ever done to you It's October? just tyrannical. Like, <laughs> everything. Like, the stuff that I don't want to do, she really lays into. Um, like, you know, she's like, I got an idea. Instead of watching really good movies tonight, let's invent a board game. And oh I know people God. are going to type in and be like, oh, it sounds so much fun. Oh, my God. It's so great. I, uh, Tanya, I'll do a board game with you. You would call me, girl, and we'll do board. Listen. It, if if there's a, a,
0: if, you want to make a, a <laughs>
1: if there's a Night of the Living Dead or you know like a some kind of zombie movie on that's really great or doing a damn board game or, or you know like doing something okay, like that. So what's your point? My point is is that you give someone a little power, you see their true colors, Interesting. and that's that's how you were. You, we saw your true colors T and it was ugly. See my it was
0: really. Is that a modern song? Still? Yeah,
1: it came out like what <laughs> last in the eighties.
0: <laughs> okay. Yep. So one theory around power is that it allows you to see someone's true colors. Oh, Can but let's go back question. to. Uh, sorry. Okay.
1: Why did Galinsky switch teams? What do you mean? Well, he had one. He was working with one oh, team, and then all of a sudden, he's, he's like, he's like, oh. I
0: actually think I'm Galinsky so powerful, I, I'm, is doing something awesome. In that, Hmm. when you are a researcher with influence, one of the best ways you can share your power is to invite other people to be on your research team Hmm. because then they get their names on those papers and that gives them. Well, I noticed you
1: said Galinsky and team. So unless well, team the is the name author. of a, is team is the name of the person he was working I'm just using with, I want to be like, hell no,
0: methodology. Okay, everyone is a very important mm. contributor. He just happened to be the first one who on, likes to throw his name on the jersey on the paper. Let's go, Team Galinsky. Okay, Team G. Let's. Okay, you're obviously you're very into talking about power. Let's just briefly talk about powerlessness, because that is the other side of it that I think is so important to be aware of. right? Like Mm -hmm. If I'm born with power, whether because of class or race or whatever, Mm -hmm. if I have access to those resources that give me power, little by little, I'm going to start feeling powerful, acting powerful. I'm going to be healthier, happier. I'm going to be taking more risks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be asking for what I need. On the flip side you're born into a perception of powerlessness and the opposite happens. Can you share an example? Because we've both grown up in, particularly when it comes to class, we've both grown up in areas where people are just sort of, for generations, feel powerless. What does that show up looking like in your experience?
1: It shows up looking like, um, you know, like there's inherited wealth on one side, there's inherited poverty on the other. You know, so like it it really is, is like, you know, I've seen generation generations struggle um, from one to the other. You know, um, my family was like that. My family, you know.
0: And how re- did that show up? Like, how could you tell that there was a perception of powerlessness?
1: You're exposed to the other side, right? So you're exposed to like when you watch a movie and you watch TV shows and you're like, oh, this is what Christmas looks like. Oh, this is what grandparents look like. Oh, this is what a loving, healthy family looks. Oh, look at everyone. They're all sitting at the table and they're talking at dinner and they're and every everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got a voice. They ask the youngest kid how his day was and he has this funny little monologue and they're like, oh, everyone likes that kid. And then, you know, you cut to the reality of it is that a lot of families are don't spend time together, you know, because both parents work two three jobs and um, siblings hate each other because they have to take care of each other you know and there's just a lot of animosity so I, I think when you grow up living the way you do and then seeing other families see I remember like I we talked about this before going and having now you we talked about this me and you going and having dinner at a wealthy you know like a uh, middle class. No, no, no. Oh, at, at, family? People's house. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the weirdest and thing. And you're like, holy shit. Like, Look, not, that's a, all that the metal shock. forks, <laughs> knives, you know what I mean? Like,
0: Why is everyone sitting together? <laughs> Why is
1: everyone sitting together? None of the napkins Nobody's have yelling. like McDonald's on them. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's, no every, every, there's no ketchup There's no ketchup packets. So it's like, what the shit Where do y'all get your ketchup?
0: <laughs> but uh, then it's perpetuated as part of culture too, right? Mm-hmm. So because maybe systemically, you lack power. Psychologically, then you lack power. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then you go on and teach your kids about things like, well, don't speak up and don't take risks Mm -hmm. and be safe and be careful and no one wants to hear from you. Or better yet, don't risk saying the wrong thing. And then that leads to even less power and less power.
1: I, I think a great example of this is growing up how we dealt with the police, being told growing up, like, I can never leave my house without my since the day I got my driver's license when I was six, 17 16 16 I've never left my house without my driver's license yeah. and I know a lot of people are like oh that's very responsible no that's not how I grew up Because like, it comes
0: from a place of fear it
1: comes from a place of fear it comes from a place of powerlessness yeah. against um you know driving in the car with three brown people you get pulled over yeah. like a cop can pull you over and be like where y'all where y'all going and you got to answer you know my white friends don't have to answer that shit. My white friends would be like, "I, I don't have to answer that, officer, because you know Section Four Z 39 of the Sectional Code." And they penal could just code. make that shit up. And they can make that shit up, and the cops would be like, "Well, he knows his penal and by codes." i I'm guess I mean, we. Yeah, we. Sorry. But You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but so it, it was very strange. I remember talking to um, my friend Robley about this. Uh, we were talking about our experiences growing up, like neverly, le- like little things that no one ever thinks about. Like the first time I ever got pulled over was just a few years ago. Well, I mean, it'd never been given a ticket. I've been pulled over before because driving my friends home and stuff like that. My hands went to the wheel. I looked straight ahead. I turned off the car. And it comes from a place of powerlessness.
0: You're taught to reduce risk-taking or to be super careful. And then it's reinforced. Mm -hmm. Or if you try to take a risk and you don't have power, that's punished. So then it perpetuates and perpetuates. And of course... You even see that show up in things like, are you willing to ask for more pay? Yeah. You feel oh my that gosh. sense of powerlessness. Yeah. So we talked about when you're amped up on power, yeah, yeah. it could be good for you in many ways. It could be healthy. It could give you lots of access and privilege. Mm-hmm. But is it also true that power corrupts us?
1: I think absolute power corrupts absolutely animal farm oh, and all that. That's a
0: great quote. Did you just come up with yeah, that?
1: Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I think I, I read it on a Snapple bottle.
0: So... Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans, a show about interesting and quirky human behavior. We bring humor, empathy, and warmth to topics such as relationships, dating, work, self-compassion, weddings, phobias, aging parents, travel mishaps, death,
1: and many more. Ever wonder what happens at a cuddle party? We talk about it.
0: Free-range kids in restaurants? We've got some thoughts. Bedtime stories for adults? We're on it. Light, fun, unscripted conversation and personal stories. Please join us by clicking the link in the show notes. <laughs> Snapple education, love it. <laughs> so here's what the research shows it turns out that having more power can actually reduce our ability to experience empathy. For oh, example, yeah. our friend Galinsky, this time with another team, with Rucker and Maggie, <laughs> found that. Power limits our ability to take other people's perspectives. So in fact, one theory of empathy is that we only really need it. Like we've only evolved to experience empathy when we are in lower power positions. Because it, when we have low power, it's really important for us to deeply understand other people who have access to the resources that we need. Oh, and wow. if we have everything we need, I don't care about you and your feelings. Yeah. When
1: I was doing commercials a long time ago, I booked my first national commercial. Uh, my second national commercial was Burger King. But it was with this famous director. That's what they were saying. It was like really great director of commercials, y'all. Like this guy was the Scorsese of commercials. No, no, no. Fellini <laughs> of commercials, right? So we get there and the assistant director comes up and he's like, hey, so if you know, just so you know. And there's no com- there's no lines in this. Like it's literally driving and they see all of us. There's like six of us. And we're just on certain street corners cooking. And it's like, uh, basically it's like... Um, Unite Burger King's uniting all the grills, you know, and like there's a okay. guy on the street cooking, and there's literally in the guy in the middle of the street, guy on top of a hill, guy, all these things.
0: Clearly fiction, because clearly
1: fiction. You, you do, do all the grilling, cook. yeah. You do all the grilling. And I have
0: hands. the cooking power. You have
1: the cooking power, and and I and I apparently have some kind of power. So the assistant director comes up and he's like, "Yeah, if you have any questions, you're going to ask me. You're going to talk to me." And I was like, "Why? Why is that?" And he's like, "Well." He doesn't really talk to actors, you what? know. He doesn't really a director. He, he yeah, he's like he doesn't talk to actors. He's not, and, and you know he, he just so if you ever have any just just talk to me and I'll I'll ask him and I'm, so we couldn't talk to this guy, wow. because he was so I was like, dude, you're this is Burger King, and I mean talk about power trip. Wow, oh what a piece of like this guy's a piece. You're listening, of work.
0: you know who you are, you know who you are. But that's the thing; it's like when we talk about power corrupting, that could be the psychological mechanism by which power corrupts. Mm -hmm. It literally limits our ability to be able to understand other people and how other people perceive us. Mm -hmm. And power can lead us to make some really bad decisions. So, (laughs) for example, in a study by...
1: (laughs) Galinsky and another team. No,
0: Jennifer Whitson and team. Participants were assigned a hypothetical goal of either starting a flower selling business or traveling to the Amazon. Basically, you were being taught how to prepare for your trip to the Amazon or how to prepare for starting a flower selling business. Okay, Okay. Not to be confused with starting a flower selling business on Amazon. (laughs) They were given information about how what could help them, Mm -hmm. like what could help them be good at both of these things. And they were given information about what could go wrong. Like what are the risks? What are some of the obstacles? Then they tested the participants recall of the information that could help them. And the information about all the things that could go well, Mm -hmm. as well as all the things that could go wrong. And they wanted to know the people who felt powerful versus the people who felt powerless. Mm -hmm. How would they remember this information? What's your guess?
1: I think the people who were powerful remembered everything that could go right. And the people who felt no power remembered everything that can go wrong.
0: Close. So everyone remembered the things that could go right. Right. The high power people basically... Forgot what could go wrong. Wrong. So it goes back to, again, saying the sentence with me is not the same as knowing the information.
1: Got me through high school.
0: Can you share an example of a high power person doing something very risky?
1: Risky. Um, (laughs) Risky. High power person doing something very risky,
0: like a politician, maybe like um, something that's maybe, like, maybe actually, like
1: invading a country that has nothing to ooh, do with. Uh,
0: it, so sometimes we look at people's decisions. High power people, we look at their oh, decisions. Okay,
1: so saying, "Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry." Right Are you, I thought you were. Asking no, I was for...
0: good. You know what? That sentence was like <laughs> that felt like the right place to end that sentence. So I'll just stop that there. <laughs> go ahead asking me
1: all right (laughs) well i'll just clarify my question yeah please please please
0: a lot of times when we see people in power they make moves they do certain things and we're like wow they must have a reason for that like even i do this i'm like what is their strategy what this research shows us is that power can actually lead us to lose sight of the very genuine risks and negative consequences and make genuinely bad decisions because the more amped up on power you feel the more invincible you feel the more you can only focus on what goes right the more you ignore the things that could go wrong Mm. so with through that context it's
1: too much i i can't even pull one thing out of the air because like if you think about some of the stuff that trump said on his way up when he was when he was being elected like he would say something and you'd be like Oh, he must have a reason for... Uh, that That's what comes to mind right now. But I mean, there's just so much. Or even there's...
0: situations of politicians being caught, you know, oh. CEOs being caught embezzling, mm-hmm. you know, politicians being caught with all sorts of drug charges or whatever.
1: Super Bowl, um, Seattle versus New England.
0: Are you just changing the subject or is this uh, an answer? The
1: ball is on the three yard line and there's like, what, 30 seconds left, something like that. New England's ahead by like four points, three points or something like that. Seattle's on the three-yard line about to go in. They have all the time in the world. They have the best running back in the league, Marshawn Lynch. The coach, for whatever reason, Pete Carroll decides for whatever reason to throw the ball on the three-yard line on a slant route, meaning you're throwing into where all the players are in the middle of the field, in the middle of the end zone, instead of running the ball three times with the best running back in the league. And they lose the game. They lose the Super Bowl. The ball's intercepted. They lose the game. The Super Bowl. They lose it in front of millions of people with 30 seconds. You're just watching this and you're like,
0: what the hell? Okay. As you probably know, I don't know anything. I don't understand anything you just said. However, it sounds like what you're saying is this coach felt so hopped up on power. Yes. He was like, I know better.
1: Felt indestructible. It went against 60 years of experience of football. Right. And, and like, it was just one of those things where it's like so blatant, like even the, even the comment, comment, commentators were.
0: Had no comment. Had no
1: comment. They were like, I can't even. You know you're
0: in trouble if you're a commentator. And and your
1: only job is to comment and you ain't got none.
0: (laughs) So yeah. So we know power can make us feel indestructible, which can then be the very cause of our destruction. Yes. So too much power can be dangerous to others, can be dangerous to ourselves, but there's a twist. Ooh. Can you think of examples of powerful people who use their power for good? Me.
1: <laughs> Birthday month, April, come around.
0: <laughs> so you are an exceptional leader. I Nelson Mandela. Everyone. Well, let's talk Brian Luna. Oh,
1: well, let's talk. Oh, why not Mel, Nelson Mandela or Brian Luna? I pick Brian Luna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you are a, everyone I've ever met for whom you were in a leadership position. Feel free mm. to. Yeah, of, you know, Hector, I know, know Hector's
1: typing right now.
0: <laughs> I have heard nothing but positive feedback about. Huh? You know, people talk about the fact that you look out for them, you go out of your way to help them, you roll up your sleeves, you stay late, you do all the stuff that is essentially you have power. And because you have power, you are doing everything in your power to help those people for whom you feel some sense of responsibility. So, what's up with you? How come you're not throwing the ball? incorrectly or embezzling or you know making people feel awful as a result of having all this power and i know you're not impervious to it because i saw your chest swell and i saw you get all flushed and i saw you push my stuff off the table when you felt powerful so what do you think is different about you i I remember and or nelson mandela
1: and nelson mandela i think i can speak for both of us (laughs) um pretty sure i can let me yeah i'm pretty sure i can um I remember when I when I first got my management position uh starting out I read Band of Brothers and um he talks about Dick Winters. Dick Winters is the is the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Winters is the is the captain. He's he's the leader of this uh, of this group uh, this um band uh Band of Brothers. This this particular uh paratrooper group. First paratrooper group in World War II and he started off as a lieutenant um and through the course of the war, went up to captain, um, if I'm not mistaken. So it's quite a leap. And the way he led was from the platoon. He led from the group. From within. He led from within. He wasn't in the back um, pointing to people to to go to their deaths. He was there hand in hand. And, uh, you know, the way he talked about his leadership, even even during the training, like uh, Karahi, like when they were at their training thing, and how he treated um the people in his command it was it was this loyalty you can't really put a finger on you know you can't really define it's just he was there with them on every run up um and
0: so that for you was like a role model of how to lead
1: yeah and and they had a they had a phrase we stand alone together you know and so that's how any any company I've ever gone into we've always been up against it with in terms of like the demand of what my what what's What's being asked of my team? Yeah, so we always felt alone. We always felt so. In my mind, I always felt that well, we stand alone Aww. together. We're all. And going I to see be you innocent.
0: doing this with any time you get access to some sort of resources that others don't have. Like when you got a, an acting agent, one of the first things you did was like look out for people who wanted an agent so you can make introductions, mm-hmm. right? Or even earning more money, you look out for who can you help with that money. So mm-hmm. that's that seems like it clashes with the research on power corrupting. Until we look at the research of
1: Nelson Mandela, <laughs> Galinsky. No, Nelson Mandela and Galinsky. They were uh, on the same team.
0: Yeah, but Galinsky was the first author. <laughs> no, uh, actually, this was uh, this was research done by Catherine DeSales and team, mm. and they found that power impacted different people differently. Mm. So it was a kind of disinhibitor. It made people more of who they were. So what they found is that for most people, getting more power made them act more selfishly. Especially, mm. it's like disinhibition combined with Uh, that reduction in empathy but for people who saw themselves as highly moral so if being a good person was part of their identity or doing the right thing was part of their identity having more power actually made them more selfless Hmm. so the more power they had the more they felt this responsibility to share that power and to use that power for good I'm Dr. Julie Bruni.
1: And I'm Dr. Jeremy Allen.
0: And we want to be your doctor friends.
1: We are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes.
0: We field questions all the time that start with, my cousin told me this, or like a fitness guru sent me a targeted ad about that.
1: We love answering these questions and offering peace of mind to our loved ones. So are you feeling confused? Listen to your doctor friends. Adrift in a sea of medical misinformation?
0: Listen to your doctor friends.
1: Just bored on a Tuesday? Listen to your doctor friends.
0: Come on, let's be friends. Get by with a little help from your doctor friends.
1: Listen to your Dr. Friends podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I I mean, I guess because I've been blessed with good leaders and bad leaders, and it's scary. It's scary when you have people reporting to you or when you have people like um, under your wing, whoa, like because I always felt like it's my job to not just get the most out of them for the job, but to get the most out of them so they can... Take these skills on to do something else or to be be something better. So I always felt like a you teacher. You felt
0: responsible for the person, not just for not productivity. for productivity. Yeah, and
1: productivity will solve itself if the people are doing what they're doing and learning more and mm. um, and having fun and enjoying. It's like what a byproduct
0: versus the end goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I've I always found be that, that because
1: too. and it's it maybe sometimes for a lot of employers it was the long way around, but it was the long term uh, effect. You know, like it it. it it lasted longer, and it made better people. It made better because you're feeling good about your work. You're finally having purpose, and you're having meaning. I, but but it was really scary. I, I mean, because I was I, my first management position. I was hired from within. Like I, I, the the team I was I was working with, I was now leading, and a lot of them were a lot older than I was. So mm. it was very intimidating. So I wanted to lead as if I was still with them you know mm-hmm. like we're all in it together and i'll be there to guide and we'll all work together and figure stuff out or um if one person is lagging we'll we won't point at that person we'll lift that person up we'll pick up the slack and um and i don't know i i just i it's 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 always meant something to me to I remember the first time I was made captain of patrols in elementary school. I took it very, very seriously. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, what does what does captain the of job patrols?
1: So and that does it come means, with a uniform. Mm, well, you get a different colored badge. Oh,
0: great! And, and from, it comes with do like. Do you usually wear a badge?
1: Yeah, like if you're a patrol, uh, you know what patrols are? No. Okay, so in Texas we have these things called patrols, and they carry these big signs, um, stop signs, on a on a big end of a stick. So uh, you station you're stationed at several crosswalks and near the elementary stopping? school cars oh so there's a there's a there's a point person at every crosswalk and then two sign holders on opposite ends of the street wow. so so when you're a kid and there's people waiting to cross you look to see you have the responsibility to make sure there's no cars coming and then the the you have the
0: power to stop people so then the, cars. yeah
1: so then the sergeant uh, which is the person who doesn't have a sign at this place goes signs out and then you put the sign the the sign holders hold the signs out and stops the cars wow and let people lets people pass so the captain of the patrols it, it's a rotating thing and we vote on who the captain was wow and so it's a rotating so every four weeks every six weeks i can't remember what it was you you we we change we change roles and uh and the captain's job was to open up, get there early, open up the the closet with all the signs and the helmets and the and the. the the, like little badges, but it's like these little belts and a sash over your thing. so All I bright. I knew there was a costume. <laughs> so yeah, it yeah. doesn't ever get
0: full. I don't wake up. I don't wake up a without a costume.
1: So um, so then it's I was really into it, and you, you have this little stick with the keys, and you're responsible for getting all the gear in, all the cones, and you walk around from station to station to make sure everyone's okay, and everyone's not like putting the the the, the sticks out too late and hitting cars or cars running through and. Yeah.
0: And so you didn't get power hungry.
1: I didn't get power hungry. I actually w- cared about about it so much, and I and I, w- I would take people's like suggestions. I was like, "What What do you think we could do better? Like, what do you think <laughs> I we could love do? You. you know?" And and, and so then at, when it was my turn, I feel I, this is something I regret. I, I feel so shitty about this. So when it was my turn to hand over the badge. So then I become a patrol now. I become like a like a like like one of the patrols. You
0: kept the badge for... No, no, no. I,
1: I handed it off to a young lady. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to embarrass her. In my <laughs> eyes, she didn't take it as serious as I did. Mm-hmm. And people were complaining, you know. So I went to Mrs. Mendoza and I said, you know, I have to talk to you. And all the patrols were there. And we aired our grievances. Uh, oh. And my dad was supposed to be there to to, to do this, but he was running late from Hold work. Hold
0: on. Did you try to stay in power longer than what the term I
1: did. I did. I tried to, I tried to like,
0: wow. I tried
1: to, sir, so I don't know why this happened, but they made me and this girl co-captains. <laughs> so they wow. gave me another term. But it it, it, <laughs> it it was, it was, it was fascinating to me because like, I was like really sick to my stomach about like. Mm. Leaving it, it in such disarray where everyone was unhappy.
0: I mean, that's the thing with power; it can really make you think <laughs> that you were doing the right
1: thing. I had a puppet regime. <laughs> I, I was. It was. It was bananas. It was. It was really. It really, all comes out. Yeah. No. No. Totally. I, I feel. I was actually just thinking about this two weeks wow. ago, and I felt like I want to. I want to email this young lady and just I be like, reach out and be like, "Oh, what I did was really shitty," and so, but so, but I it came from a place of me wanting the best, wanting I, think the best. I, I
0: think it was i think it was. you, you know, like, i hear you i do believe, but it that. might
1: not have been maybe it was just me loving that badge and the power and
0: maybe it was both yeah but so here's my kind of philosophical question for you like do you think it's even possible to live in a society or even in a relationship without power at all
1: no no i think what's necessary instead of lack of power there needs to be stronger checks and balances.
0: Like balance of balance. Yeah.
1: There needs to be like Like people for example,
0: someone it. shouldn't stay in term as a crossing guard yes, captain.
1: Absolutely. But I but I did or air as my grievance president. I didn't or- ask for this. I didn't ask for that. I just said we need to do something about this person. <laughs> like we need to do something about the, the choices this just person's making. You used your
0: power to. Well, I didn't take have your any power.
1: Right. I wasn't. I wasn't.
0: Let's go back to the definition of yes, power. Yes, that's though.
1: true. So, but yes, I, I agree one hundred percent. So
0: I think spot on. Healthiest relationships, companies, societies—they are not the ones that have powerful, benevolent leaders. Even mm-hmm. if there are great leaders like you
1: and Man- Nelson Mandela and
0: Nelson Mandela. The ideal, from my perspective, from a psychological perspective, is power distribution, Mm -hmm. is power sharing. It's limitations to power. So even observations about modern hunter-gatherer societies, for example, anthropologist Christopher Bohm shows that societies, which are, by the way, the hunter-gatherer societies that we're talking about, they're so important to study because these are the environments for which our brains kind of evolved Mm. to thrive. So this is kind of the most natural human state. And what researchers often find and what individuals from those societies talk about is kind of a reverse dominance. So the idea here is even if there is technically a hierarchy, there's a kind of a culture of noticing when anyone's power gets too high and creating some sort of check for it. So even when someone has hierarchical power, so that could be teasing, it could be gossiping, or it could be excommunication. Yeah. But the idea is that these are almost like very deliberately egalitarian societies. This seems to be the most natural state and the most sustainable state for humans is to be in a place where power is constantly shared and distributed and checked, like you said. Yeah. Can you think of a way that we can keep power balance in relationships? Let's say in our relationship. Yeah. How can we better balance our power? <laughs> I will say this is the first relationship I've ever been in where... You're
1: you're the most powerful.
0: <laughs> oh, please. No, where <laughs> I don't feel most powerful. You're, see,
1: this is a power ploy. <laughs> this is you saying you don't feel powerful is... Me letting my guard down yeah, yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> I get three So piece. I do
0: think we keep power balance yeah. in our relationship. I think. How do we do it?
1: I make fun of you. And a I lot. make fun of you. And you respect me. And I think that's, so, so you, because you, when I first met you, your ego was pretty unchecked.
0: Okay. So what you did was you brought me down. I brought you down a
1: a few pegs, just Mm -hmm, a couple, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, and I humbled you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, um, (laughs) I was fine. I would not
0: recommend this for any
1: relationship. (laughs) No, I don't know. I, I, I think I honestly, I think we have a really good balance of power. I think. Um, we
0: have different roles and responsibilities. We have different so roles we, and responsibilities. We talk about that explicitly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we say, like, I'm responsible. And it's not like I'm a
1: hunter and you're a gatherer, or vice versa. I think we're both hunter gatherers at some point. Yeah, we doing, rotate. Yeah, we rotate. Or, I or hunt we, for
0: groceries. You gather laundry and goats. And goats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to gather the goats. Um, but like, no, no, I, I do think that we we do um, caring and like nurturing and uh, uh, protecting and all the like. We all we we do kind of everything. Um, I know that if I have a problem or if I feel down, you're the first person I come to. And that's that's like entrusting you with that, like mm. trusting you with that is oh, huge. Oh, we for have me.
0: shared access to all information. That's mm-hmm. always been very Oh, yeah, yeah. To that us. was very like... Whether that's like bank never, accounts. You know how or, cool
1: it is that I never had to hide my phone around you? Yeah, like we You know see each other's when the honeys passwords. call and you don't care. <laughs> no. Um,
0: you, I'm like, you, hey, what up, honey? What up, honey? Um, yeah, but that, that's actually true. We have a great deal of transparency mm-hmm. and we have roles and responsibilities that we rotate. And when anyone's head gets too big, we pierce that balloon with we, we also,
1: teasing. we teasing, but we also have open communication. Be like, look, I got some feedback for you. Yeah, You know, I got this and I got that. Like maybe next time you shouldn't uh, you dance in no this interview or something. Okay. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, it could be anything. Like, but But I think, you know... When I was going through my tough time, you know, with everything in my life last year and, and and stuff, like I some
0: losses you experienced, yeah,
1: and and you know Kelly and my father and and recently um, another friend of mine died, Anna. Um, I felt like. I wouldn't say giving up power, but like giving up control uh, to you um, and let you be there for me. Oh my gosh, that's a really
0: important aspect of power balance in a relationship is being able to allow yourself to feel safe being powerless and vulnerable. vulnerable.
1: Like I I feel, I feel completely safe with you when I tell you my faults and you know, there are things that I've lived with my whole life that I haven't told anybody else about things that I'm ashamed of or things that I've done and you are there for me, and yeah. and I think that that's a good. That's a great.
0: Uh, I never way even thought give, about it that um, way. That's beautiful. Um, how about in the workplace? Can you talk about power balance in the workplace?
1: Yeah, I think. Like,
0: what are some systems?
1: Never, I don't know. You know, I, I've worked with managers before and leaders that couldn't admit to being wrong, mm. and I think that is one of the most powerful things you can do is admit to your team you're wrong or admit. Uh, show that vulnerability, and it's
0: a power and, balancing move. Yeah,
1: and let people be there for you, just like we're talking about in the relationship. Yeah, let your team help with those areas that you're where you're wrong. Um, by just being open, transparent, knocking down the the, the walls of like um, offices, and you know, this is I'm in this office, and you're in that office, you're in these cubicles, I'm over here, and just kind oh, of like, like
0: no uh, no corner office, not
1: necessarily. Yeah, I mean, like maybe you do have the corner office, but maybe there's no wall. You know, like maybe you have the corner office, but, but maybe it's just like, it's open. You
0: just, just got open. me there. Cause now I'm like, is it, so then if there's no wall, <laughs> is it an office? But you're saying don't have like, this is where the important people go. This yeah. is where the less important yeah. people go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also things like never let one person make, be able to make a decision that deeply impacts the life of another person. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, and any yeah. company that I've Holy ever shit. been a leader in, it's been so important for me to do things like no one person can ever fire someone without yeah. input from others. So you yeah. can never make that decision alone. You can't decide on someone's pay alone. You can't decide to hire someone alone. Yeah. Like Any of those high power decisions, I think it's so important to at least distribute that power and across think- multiple people and then make the power be two directional. So if I can evaluate if I'm your manager and I can evaluate you, you should be able to evaluate yeah. me as well so that I'm not the only one who has that power over you. We have that power over each other.
1: I think that's beautiful. I love that back and forth open feedback, open line of communication with one another. Yeah, feedback for me, I have feedback for you. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's negative. It could be anything, you know, yeah. it could be just information. I love that and I love that taking away that power to to when it affects someone else. I think that's I think that's And
0: think about what so we well gain from that. Like more people feeling safe means more people being willing to take those positive risks mm-hmm. and people that are healthier, people that are happier, people that are willing to speak their mind. Like if yeah. that's what we're really wanting as a society, it doesn't start with saying, "Hey people, you should feel the courage to speak your mind." It starts with distributing power in a way that makes it safe for people to be able to speak their mind.
1: I think that's why when I think of power I also think of bullies and like I hate bullies. And so like when um you, you see groups of people like the LGBTQ community um having to fight for
0: basic rights.
1: Basic rights, things that we take for granted or that we just don't think about, you know, like um something were to happen to you. I collect benefits, and I think that's what that sounds should like a be. Threat. If, yeah, in case something happens to you. <laughs> Great!
0: I'm glad we have that. I'm recorded. not going to say it's
1: re- it's reverse because I don't even want to think about that. No, nor do our listeners. But if something happened to you, uh-huh. they want to know I'm taken care of. But no, I mean, but like thinking about that, like you know, I was listening to a comedy earlier uh, from 2010, where they were t- 2010, where they were talking about the rights were taken away from this community in this state, and you're like, what yeah. the. F- like what? Why?
0: Yeah. And I you think know? it's really important when we talk about psychology not to think about the brain as though it exists in some sort of bubble. We, mm. Our psychology is impacted by our environment. And sure. so if our environment makes us powerless, our brain is going to be yeah. acting powerless. Yeah. If our psychology, if our environment empowers us, our brain feels that power. You,
1: you hear the phrase glass ceiling all the times in poor communities. You know, like uh, yeah. there's the whole analogy of a, of a flea. That could jump twenty-five times its 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 size. Twenty-five times higher than its it's incredible, it's incredible strength. But if you put a lid on a jar, then that flea will only jump ever as high as yeah. so you have to remove that lid.
0: So before we wrap up, mm-hmm. we're talking about power balance, but to be able to balance power we need to get it in the first place. So let's briefly touch on what are some ways given how powerful you are, (laughs) that someone can actually acquire power or become more powerful, ideally in a sustainable way that doesn't cause suffering for ourselves and others.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us your secrets. Well, we're not talking like um, power stances and...
0: I'm not talking about like...
1: Like hacks.
0: Let's assume that we're not talking about the kind of power where I have the power to just pin you down and make you give me what I want. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. what are ways that in day-to-day interactions in the workplace in relationships in politics people come to have this influence over others
1: so how do you become powerful Woof, i mean i was born this way so it's not i mean
0: <laughs> all right should we go to dad Nelson for
1: this? Be- Mandela yeah 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 okay. let's talk to her
0: okay so so here's what Keltner writes. so on an individual level Across various cultures, of course, there is a lot of cultural difference in how power is gained. But here are some pretty consistent patterns that Keltner talks about. So he and his colleagues have found that contrary to the kind of Machiavellian perspective of fear and control leading to power, really increasingly in society, what we're saying, it depends on our ability to understand and advance the goals of group members. Hmm. So I can gain power... If you believe that A, I understand what you want, what Mm -hmm. you need, and B, I can give you what you need.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So like we often see these powerful people as like these bullies, but really what tends to give them authority is there's a group of people that feel like this person is looking out for me and my best interests. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that is what makes people give up their power to that individual. The more people feel understood and the more they feel like someone gives them access to something they want, the more power you can build. But here's where the challenge kicks in. And this is where I I mentioned before the book, The Power Paradox. So Mm. Keltner talks about this paradox. Power paradox. That's hard to say. Power paradox.
1: Power paradox.
0: Power. Oh, okay.
1: Power paradox. Yeah. Power paradox. Show
0: up. Okay. So the power paradox, he says the skills that we need to get power, like empathy and sharing resources, they tend to deteriorate as we grow more powerful. Mm. So what gets us that power those very skills are very hard to maintain because then we have what we need and all of a sudden we get power hungry and we lose our empathy and we and we crash and burn. So to keep power, people have to continue exercising that social responsibility and care, especially if they rely on others to keep them in power.
1: Yeah. And I think a little humility too, like having people in your yeah. in your corner there instead of hype men, you know, you got people there that unhype men right. you know, to just knock you down a peg Keep every you time. in check yeah.
0: because if you allow that power to kind of blur your ability to see the impact that you're having on others you are ultimately going to lose that power yeah and lastly because you and I both believe in the beauty of shared power Mm -hmm. what are some ways you can give power to others if you have some
1: any decision whether small or big start including people on the decision making decisions
0: are power like decision making power is power
1: yeah so even in a relationship, uh, like if, if you feel uh, that you have more power or if you've been told that you're, have more control in the relationship, start giving it up. Start yeah. like, you know, sharing the, those decisions to share Love the that. thing. Uh, share, share decisions. Yeah. I'd
0: say share credit, mm-hmm. share information.
1: Start a week with French and say we oui instead of <laughs> I, right? So start speaking French for a week and be like we, 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 and instead of I. That's
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think going back to what you talked about before, creating systems of accountability. Like, are you creating a space for you to receive feedback? Yeah. Are there checks and balances? Are you allowing people to evaluate you? And I'm talking about even in a relationship, even with kids, even, yeah. and, and especially in the workplace, or if we're talking about in, you know, broader kind of societal systems. Going back to Ukraine, if you do have some power to help, whether people or animals, yeah with the situations going on in Ukraine right now, carve out some time today to do that because, mm-hmm. again, a huge part of creating this power-balanced society is to recognize when you have power so that you can share some of that.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you can help. It doesn't have to be financial. If you look online, there's you could even leave reviews um, to places, share and share that emotional information. Emotional support. Emotional support, that. let people know that you're, you're thinking about them. Stand with Ukraine. I know Tanya and I do.
0: You know, you know who else has a lot of power, Brian? Our listeners. Our listeners have so much power. They have the power to rate this podcast. They have the power. They have the power to make our day just by leaving a review.
1: Leave that review, y'all. I check. I wanna hear what Brian y'all think that page constantly. every day. I just wanna see what y'all think, even if you think I'm terrible and you think Tanya's great. Give her that power. I get it. I understand. She's the one. She's the hoss in this. So,
0: Um, listeners, please use that power today. Leave a review.
1: And as always, thank you for listening to Talk Psych Psych to to me.
0: Me. Signs out.